Hey there. Welcome to Walk in the Word. I'm your host, Robin Boone. I am so glad you have joined me on this journey of transformation. Walk in the Word is a podcast where we are learning to live according to the Word of God. Not only live according to His Word, but we are being transformed as we renew our minds in His Word. So, I want you to stay tuned. We have a great episode for you today. I pray that you are blessed and remember to share. God bless you. Hang on. I'll be right back. Thank you for joining me today. I appreciate it. Thank you for taking the time to listen. All right, so I hope you're ready. Um, We are going to read from John chapter 4. And actually, there are, I'm just going to be jumping around in John chapter 4 at the first part. In Jesus's exchange, with the Samaritan woman or the woman at Samaria. Some people call her the woman, the woman at the well. So I was actually going to talk about something else in this episode and it would have been about worship. And uh, in John 4, 23, in 24, Jesus is telling the woman that, that the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. And, and the Father seeking such people to worship him. And so I was going to focus on that because I've been doing a teaching at my church on worship. But as I started reading, I was like, there is more here and there's different here. So the Lord is leading me to do something a little different. Uh, He's still talking to the Samaritan woman, but I want to address the fact that Jesus sees us just as we are. And that is when the woman, and we'll go in the scripture, when the woman went to tell other people that she met a man, she didn't talk about the fact that he, he wanted water from the well. Um, she talked about the fact that he told her everything she had ever done. That's the impact that he had on her. So let's let's just read. All right, so Jesus uh, is on his way to Galilee and he needs to travel through Samaria. He doesn't have to travel through Samaria because he was a Jew and the Samaritans were like dogs to the Jews. And so they would they would actually travel all the way around Samaria rather than having to go through Samaria because the Samaritans were like what you would call half-breeds, uh, part Jew, part Samaritan. So, um, in that day, that was uh, they were not full-blooded Jews, so they weren't to be around. 
All right, so that was that day, okay? Let me put out there that the Jews have always been, from the time God called Abram, um, they've always been God's people and they always will be. So let's set that in order, okay? They've made major mistakes just like we have in our lives, but they will always be God's people, all right? So in the day that in the day and time that I'm saying that statement, I, I believe uh, most of you will understand why I needed to put that out there. Okay, so um, so Jesus gets to this well. He walks uh, in, in his travels and he gets to a well in Samaria and he meets a woman. She's come there to draw water, and there's a whole backstory to this, and we won't get into that. But um, he begins to talk to this woman and says give me a drink. And she's like, wait a minute, hold up. You're a Jew. Why are you asking a Samaritan? Why are you asking me, a Samaritan and a woman, for water? And he says, woman, if you knew the gift of God and who is saying to you, give me a drink, you would ask him and he would give you living water. And they continue on this discourse. And Jesus begins to talk to her and he tells her in verse 16 go call your husband he told her and come back here then she says I don't have a husband then Jesus begins to tell her what kind of life she's living at that present moment and then she says hey you know what Jesus I see I see or you're, I see you're a prophet because you, you've already, you've told me because prophets can, you know, they can see what's going on in a person's life if God gives it to them. But this is Jesus. So then she's saying, I see you're a prophet. Our fathers worshiped on this mountain. But you Jews say that the place to worship in Jerusalem, in other words, Jewish people, the place to worship is in Jerusalem. That's the only place, not here in Samaritan, not here on this mountain. And then Jesus goes on to tell her about the worship and everything. But I want to go back to the fact that Jesus told her this. 16, go call your husband, he told her, and come back here. 17, I don't have a husband, she answered. And then continuing in 17, Jesus says, you have correctly said, I don't have a husband. Verse 18, for you've had five husbands, and the man you have now is not your husband. What you have said is true. Okay. So, then, in verse 28 of chapter 4, then the woman left her water jar, went into town, and told the people, come, see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Messiah? They left the town and made their way to him. That is amazing thing. Jesus, the woman... The Samaritan woman didn't say that she told Jesus her story. She said, 
he told her her story. Now, the Samaritan woman had never met Jesus. She had never seen him before in her life. Yet, Jesus saw her just as she was and where she was. He saw her past the water, past the well, or beyond the well. He saw her beyond who was standing before him. His piercing gaze saw her condition, saw her heart, saw what state of life she was in. And that is what caused her to think that that could have been the Messiah. No one else could tell her the life she was living. No one else could tell her that she never knew, never saw all that she had been through. When Jesus spoke with her, he did not condemn her. He just let her know, yeah, I see you. I get you. And in his conversation, and I say this because it's not there, but it's implied because the fact that she went and told people that part. Now, maybe later on she told them the other part, but she told them that part. That he saw her, that he told her everything she had, that he told her everything she had ever done. That part. He was telling her, there's a better way. This man that you have now, that's not your husband. And and let me point out in the scripture, it does not say that she uh, doesn't talk about her, um, you know, when he says you've had five husbands, it doesn't say she um, wasn't, it says she had five husbands. They could have divorced her. They could have passed away. Didn't say anything negative about those situations. But it does say the one you have now is not your husband. So he sees the relationship that she's in that is not pleasing to God. And he says, yeah, yeah, you've had those husbands and I I got that. But now you're in a relationship that you ought not to be in. Of course, later on, right after that, she changes the subject. (laughs) Like we do when, when sin, when God puts his finger on something that we have done or we are in the midst of doing or we are caught up in sin, a sinful lifestyle. God shows us over and over again, this is not the way you need to get out. You need to repent. You need forgiveness. All that kind of stuff. We're like, yeah, okay. So look at the blue sky over there. (laughs) So yeah, we do that. We deflect, okay. 
we deflect. And you know, the thing is, Jesus went on with it because he knew what the outcome of the conversation would be. But while, and this is the thing, this is what's interesting to me in this passage of scripture, is that while she deflected, while he pointed out that sinful state she was currently you know, in at that time, he went with it. He talked to her about worship. But what stuck with her, because this is where Jesus gets to the heart of the matter, what stuck with her is the fact that he knew and addressed her condition. That's what stuck with her. When we know, when we come in contact with Jesus, he addresses our condition. Even when we deflect and when he addresses our condition, we don't forget it. We can look at the blue sky. We can look at that pretty red car over there. We can start a conversation over here when we know God is talking to us and we know God is pointing something out. We can do all the things to distract our own minds from the truth of sin, of rebellion, of running from God, of not doing what God, of disobedience. We can deflect, we can do all of that. But it never leaves us. Never. That God has addressed a sinful area in our lives. It will always come back. We can run. Was that saying we can run but we can't hide? Oh, we can run. We even think we're running far. We even cover up the sin. We, we pour excuses upon the sin. We even pour church attendance. We even pour facades and faces and masks. And we pour all of that over top of what God has put his finger on and said, you have got to address this. It may not even be sin. It may be an area in our lives that doesn't bring God glory. It may be an area that is harming us. And God has said, you need to make a change. This is what you need to stop doing. This is what you need to start doing. But we we continue to cover that over with, oh, but um, I can't stop this, or oh, this is always going to be this way, or oh, I just really need to continue to look at the blue sky over there. Oh, look at that pretty red car going down the street. No, we got to stop. And we got to be like this woman. And we got to testify. The Lord has told me everything I've ever done. The Lord has spoken this in my life. And he's spoken it for a reason. And I need to come face to face with it and deal with it. Because no doubt that woman was convicted. The fact that Jesus talked about other things like... 
What did he say? Um, you drink from this well, you, you'll never be thirsty again. What else did he say? I'm the, um, it, you will, he will give her or anyone who drinks of, of this water, there'll be a well of water springing up for eternal life. Talking about worship, that it's, it's in spirit and it's in truth, that God is spirit. Those who worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. What does she say? Come see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Messiah? That's what, that's what pricked her heart. That's what stuck. And like I said earlier in this episode, this she could have definitely talked about the other things. And I'm sure she didn't dismiss the other things that Jesus talked about or shared with her, revealed to her. <laughs> but that's not what that's not what got her. That's not what captured her. Because Jesus, we know he doesn't waste words. And everything he says is critical. And it will not be forgotten. But I'm just struck by this woman and what it is that really caused her when she caught what it was that she shared when she went to the people in the town. She went back to where she came from. So Jesus sees, and we must not ignore, because we will not forget what he's put his finger on, or we will not forget that he's put his finger on it. We will not forget that it is we are supposed to, or what it is we are supposed to confess and repent of, or simply change if it's not sin. Because, listen, If God tells us something, and I think this is in James, but if God tells us something and we don't do it, guess what? It's sin. Because anything God tells us to do, we're supposed to do it. We're supposed to obey. And disobedience and rebellion is sin. So maybe the thing that God has... You know, maybe there's something you're doing that's harming your body or harming your mind or harming someone else, maybe unknowingly, but God brings it up and he says, listen, I need you to fix this. This is what I, this is what you have to stop doing or this is what you have to start doing. And we don't do it. Well, God has told us and we don't do it. That's disobedience. We go do something else. That's rebellion. What does the Bible say about rebellion? It's as the sin of witchcraft. I believe that was told to King Saul. Disobedience. When God gives us something to do and we don't do it, it's it's sin? Yes, it is. It is. And it's pride. So... We want to submit to God. We want to submit to him when he points those things out in us. Because he sees us. He sees us not for condemnation. And that's what I see was beautiful about this discourse between uh, Jesus and the Samaritan woman. 
he wasn't condemning her. He just pointed it out. That's all that had to be done. Does it? Because once Jesus points it out. Okay, so um, okay, so we have, if you have children or just people you love, but children specifically, we as parents, as I, okay, so say for instance, I tell my daughter or my son, you know, such and such and such, and this is going to happen, or you, you got to do this, you got to do this, you got to do this. And I keep saying over and over and over again, over the years, and I keep saying it, saying it, saying it. And they're like, eh, whatever. You keep saying it, saying it, saying it. Then somebody else comes along. A teacher or you know just another adult and tells them the same thing guess what they will do it just because it wasn't me <laughs> just because it wasn't me they will do it maybe not that maybe that's not the reason but somebody else will come along and 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 you know it'll it'll click And that's what we've got to let God do. He comes along. We know it's wrong. We know we need to change. But when he speaks, of course, I'm not equating other people with God. But when God speaks and he says, listen, daughter, son, this is what needs to change. I'm showing you. I'm telling you. Get this right. Let me help you fix it. There is no room for disobedience there. We have no more excuses. We got to get it right. And God will show us what to do. You know, because in our own strength, we can't do it. That's why we have the Holy Spirit. So I just thank God for the Samaritan woman. I hope all of this makes sense. <laughs> but just that God sees you. And, and not just to correct things, but he also sees you. This Samaritan woman went through a whole lot of stuff. A whole lot. If you really read this and really research and study what she went through having five husbands and being with somebody who's not her husband, being a Samaritan woman, being a woman who was basically an outcast because of all that she had been through, having to go to the well at a time of day where the other woman would, at the heat of the day, other women did not go to the well. Nobody goes to a well at the in the heat of the day. But this woman was alone, and she went at that time to avoid all the other women and the whispers and all these things. But Jesus took time to speak to her and to see her, and to see her to address her sin so she could come out of it but also to show her that she was valued, she was loved, and she was appreciated, and there was a better way, a better way of life for her. And so that she could share that love and that compassion with others, because she didn't keep it to herself. All right, so I hope that makes sense to you. I pray that God blesses you today. I pray that God keeps you. I pray that God would shine his face upon you. And I pray that you would, if God or as God shows you and me things that we need to change. Uh, Sin in our lives, maybe habitual, a pattern of thinking, 
that's sinful. I pray that we, that you and I would heed what God says, that we would acknowledge that he's spoken it. We would acknowledge that he's seen it and we would make the changes with the help of the Holy Spirit. And by God's grace, we will overcome. And then we would go and tell someone, come and see. Come to my church and see what God has done. Come, let me tell you about a man. Let me tell you about Jesus who knows everything you ever did. You don't have to tell him a thing. You just show up. And the light of his word will expose it all. But not for condemnation. For freedom. For freedom. Because there is a better way. He is the way, the truth, and the life. No man goes and gets to Jesus except through the Father. Jesus is full of grace. He came full of grace and full of truth. And when he says something, it's true. It is true. Amen. Father, thank you. Yes, thank you for your word. Thank you for this woman. Thank you for the story of her life. Thank you for showing us through her that you see us. That you see us just as we are and just where we are. And I praise you that you saw me, that you found me just as I was and just where I was. Thank you. And day after day, you continue to see me just as I am. You continue to correct and guide and instruct and love and pour out your grace and your tender mercies day after day and moment by moment. In those moments of irritation, in those moments of uncertainty, you continue to show that you see me, that you see us. So thank you, Father. Thank you for the unspeakable, indescribable gift of Jesus, of salvation. Thank you for seeing our need and providing a Savior. I give you glory Hallelujah, honor and praise. Lord, I pray that you would pour out of your spirit upon the listeners. Father, I pray that you will pour out salvation. I pray, oh God, that you would turn hearts to you, that they would repent. God, that they would change their minds. God, that they would acknowledge that you are Lord, that you are Savior, that you are the soon coming King, that they would acknowledge that they need a Savior. They will confess that you are Lord and invite you to be Lord of their lives and saviors, Savior of their souls. Father, release salvation. Release understanding. Release insight. Release revelation, Father. 
as the listeners read John chapter 4, release revelation, God, as they read about this discourse between Jesus and the Samaritan woman. Father, release understanding. As we go back and we read and we reread, give us understanding. Allow us to see the compassion that you had for her, that you went out of your way. And truly, it wasn't really out of your way. You went the way that was necessary. And I thank you that you show up in our lives because it is necessary. My God, thank you. Bless those who need to be blessed. Give peace for those who need peace. Healing for those who need healing. Physically, spiritually, emotionally. Release your healing virtue. Let it flow. Let the living waters flow into their bodies and hallelujah, into their minds, into their spirits, into their emotions. Hallelujah. Let your healing virtue flow. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, let deliverance break forth. Hallelujah. Let it break forth. In the name of Jesus, Father, release angels to war for the souls of the lost. I thank you, God, for every resource that you have provided your people. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Uh, I know this went a little long, but God bless you. I'll see you next time. Oh, and feel free to share. Thank you. Bye-bye.